Welcome to the Mina Surge podcast, the ultimate source for all things Web3 and fintech related in the Mina region. Powered by Fintech Surge and Future Blockchain Summit, taking place at Dubai Harbor, October 15th through 18th, alongside Expand North Star and in association with Jitex Global. We're here with Prakash, CEO and co-founder of Engine Starter. Thank you for joining us, Prakash. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about um, about Engine Starter and yourself, and how did the idea for Engine Starter come about? Sure. Um, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've built and sold companies. I've uh, been in crypto uh, since 2016. Uh, we started Engine Starter uh, with a vision of democratizing uh, early stage investment opportunities. Um, you know, we saw there was a new asset class uh, that was being formed and it was restricted to a few. Uh, and what we did is we wanted to leverage our network, secure some of these early stage uh, allocations and bring that to our community. So that's primary uh, when we started uh, Engine Starter in April 2021. So slightly more than uh, two and a half years now. Uh, next month, we actually celebrate two years. Oh, well, uh, congratulations. Yeah, it's a token. Um, so we launched our token in October 2021. Uh, we raised 5.5 million through our token sale. Uh, and then what we do is we provide a platform for projects similar to us who want to raise capital to leverage our platform to raise money, right? Um, so we've done about 60 projects. Uh, in the last uh, two years, uh, we've invested in, a, in small ticket sizes in about 80 companies, uh, primary focus on gaming, uh, entertainment, and the metaverse. Um, and it's you know something that was trending at that point of time. Uh, a lot of people wanted to get into the space, and we went out to secure these allocations. Absolutely great. So, so gaming and entertainment in the metaverse. I think that's something that we we like to see a lot more of is the the use cases for you know the blockchain and for crypto and how can we actually you know create a space that people are actually interested in getting involved in. And so 60 projects since 2021, is that as remarkable as it sounds to me? That's fast growth, right? Well, it's been a lot of work, but thankfully we've had a good team. Um, so the, to, to answer your question really, where the blockchain uh, solves a key role is in the digital ownership, right? So there's a whole lot of these new games that are coming about. Uh, and if you actually participate, by buying these tokens, you actually get to own a piece of that game, which traditional AA, AAA games do not uh, allow you to do that. Uh, and that's really where we see Web3 and gaming coming together. Um, it's still very new. There's still a lot of infrastructure that needs to be built, uh, but we're slowly getting there. And there's a whole lot of people who are actually solving it at this point of time. Amazing. And did you start all of this project from right here in Dubai? No, I mean, we are currently still headquartered in Singapore. Uh, we look at projects uh, all around the world um, and we're currently setting up a base uh, here in Dubai. Uh, we've gotten an in-principle um, for our license with VARA uh, and we're looking at launching um, you know, our Dubai entity in a big way in the later part of this year. Amazing. So VARA being the Virtual Assets Regulatory Authority in Dubai, the first regulatory authority for virtual assets right here in Dubai. And and you guys are actually located right next to the Dubai World Trade Center, That's right. right next to where we go to work every day. So so now you're starting to move into the Middle East. Why did you choose the MENA region for your expansion? Sure, I mean, having been uh, based in Singapore this long, um, you know, we've been very fortunate to have had uh, good regulatory support. Uh, but I would say, 
uh, after last year's uh, trifecta, which I, uh, you know, the lunar crash, mm -hmm. uh, the three arrows capital, as well as FTX, and they all had a very direct impact uh, on Singapore. Uh, and from a regulatory perspective, I would say, you know, we're in a frozen state at this point of time. We can't move backwards, uh, neither can we move forward. Uh, but that's where we actually started seeing a huge opportunity here in Dubai. Uh, the regulator, uh, VARA, has been you know, very engaging with us. They spend a lot of time understanding our business model. They spend a lot of time understanding what is it that we're actually building for. Uh, and we are very fortunate to have been working very closely with them over the last year. Uh, and we strongly feel in order for us to build a business long term, we need to have that regulatory support. We need to have a license. And that would ensure that the business um, you know, last forever. Uh, and that's primarily why uh, we're doubling down on our resources here, we're building here. Uh, and we definitely see this ecosystem growing uh, in a huge way. You know, the community here is very vibrant. Uh, there's genuine interest to actually participate in this space. Uh, and that's why we see Dubai as a key uh, area for us to be establishing ourselves. Absolutely. And I think you touched on a very important point that, you know, Dubai is a very vibrant community um, all around, but also very much specifically in the Web3, blockchain, uh, crypto uh, gaming space as well. And it's something that uh, is, is really important for anybody that's looking to expand into this region understands is that we're doing everything we can, especially through our regulatory authority, to make things as safe and transparent as possible. Mm -hmm. And so with, with Future Blockchain Summit coming up, we know that everybody that we uh, bring on board to be sponsors or exhibitors at Future Blockchain Summit needs to be VARA approved. So they are actually people that we know that if you're going to attend our event, you're talking to people that have been verified that are safe people to interact with you know obviously you know we don't know what they're doing you know a year or two from now but as of now we know that right now they've been verified it's not just you know whoever can sign a check but whoever is actually doing good solid business and you touched a little bit on gaming as well and that's something that uh, you know as much as we try to to find the the web3 gaming we're not seeing that many exciting things happening as fast as we necessarily would like to. But, you know, 60 projects in, in two and a half years, that's quite fast growth. So how, what, are you, what is Engine Starting, Starter doing to promote Web3 gaming, especially in the region? Sure. Um, to solve a big problem really is, um, you know, you need gamers to actually come in and play these games. Uh, and that's one key thing that we've been focusing on, right? Uh, helping a lot of our portfolio companies, especially those that have actual games that we can test and play around with, or they're ready to launch. We've been doing a lot of gamer acquisition, marketing, uh, and there's a big need for us to actually work with local partners to actually localize some of these games uh, for the region. Uh, we, we're clear that the region is hungry uh, for games, but we need to make sure that the marketing, even some of the messaging is actually localized for the community. Uh, and that's what we've been doing for the past year, working with the right partners to kind of establish, um, you know, local based uh, marketing, in some cases, even localizing the content to Arabic uh, so that it, it's relevant for this region. Uh, and we feel that this success uh, will actually take off uh, because in the early days, a lot of people just looked at it globally. They didn't have a geographical focus when it came to marketing. And a lot of that was left to, you know, uh, luck, right? Depending on how 
uh, the game gets picked up. Uh, we definitely did see a lot of that in the Southeast Asian uh, region because, you know, during COVID and post-COVID, there was a lot of people who were stuck at home and they were looking for games for entertainment, uh, as well as an ability to earn a side income. Uh, but that trend is now shifting. People want quality. Uh, and I think what's really, uh, what we're looking for as Engine Starter is high quality games that are first entertaining uh, before they actually have uh, an ability for uh, the user to actually earn. And I think that's one key thing that we're seeing shift uh, over the past two years. That's, that's a really great point. You know, entertainment first, money second. Because for years and years, gamers have been playing games without making any money because they enjoyed playing it and it was fun to play. And so now all of a sudden we're doing the, the play to earn model and taking the fun out, it takes away their entire purpose of playing these games. So entertainment first, money second. If they can actually make money doing what they love, make sure they still continue doing what they love and they love doing it. Right? That's right. I think that's key, right? I mean, gaming is still the biggest uh, entertainment vertical. Um, and if we don't address that entertainment value, uh, forget about the economic value of participating uh, in that economy. Great. And so tell me a little bit about this localization that you're referring to. Is it that we're, we're localizing games or making the game specific to the MENA region, or is it just we're doing Arabic marketing? Yeah, I think we're starting off with the Arabic marketing expect working with local partners who have got access uh, to local communities and, you know, being able to engage with them both online uh, as well as offline. But eventually what we're looking at is even having uh, the games adapted uh, for Arabic and, you know, doing a whole lot of Arabic uh, marketing. We're also kind of understanding the ecosystem a lot better. Uh, and we know the different time zones uh, or the timing that we can actually launch uh, some games. Uh, you know, one big uh, window that we missed was actually during the Ramadan period, right? And we thought, you know, it's going to be very quiet, but actually that was the period where a lot of uh, marketing and a lot of gaming acquisition was actually being done. Uh, and that's one key area that we're working with, with some of our portfolio companies and, you know, targeting that in future. Yeah, absolutely. Screen time definitely goes up during Ramadan, especially in this region. Agreed. So again, out of 60 projects, I'm sure you have a few you know, really exciting stories. Uh, is there any specific success stories that you would like to share? Sure. Um, so we've got a, a project called OneRare. Um, it's a food metaverse. Um, and, you know, when we first... Um, it was a husband and wife uh, team uh, that's running it. And when they first talked about doing a food metaverse, you know, we got really excited, right? Because food is something that everyone can relate with. Uh, and they've moved on. They've brought, on, brought in uh, big brands uh, like Maggie to actually participate in the metaverse. Uh, and one exciting thing is um, the couple have moved from India to Dubai and now oh, wow. they call Dubai home. Uh, and we're very, very excited about the journey that we have taken with them. Uh, it's been a long journey, but they keep hustling. They've been building through the bear market. And these are the kind of um, founders that we want to support, right? We don't just want to support the projects that are there during the bull market. And when tough times come, they leave. But, you know, we want founders that are actually adapting and kind of understanding what the market needs are. Uh, and we're definitely seeing that uh, energy moving, right? Uh, we have another partner. Uh, called Landvault, uh, who's one of the largest metaverse builders, um, you know, in the world. Uh, and he's moved from the UK to Dubai. And again, you know, we're seeing a whole lot of that uh, energy of smart people, smart capital that's starting to move 
uh, to Dubai. And this is where we know uh, it's time for us to kind of uh, double down on this ecosystem, ensure that we have boots on the ground, we put our roots here and start building uh, so that when good times come, you know, we've already been present, we've been building. Uh, and that's the approach that we take from an ecosystem building approach. Yeah, and that's, that's the great strategy, right? Whenever things are slow, that's when you work on yourself, you sharpen your tools. Whenever it picks up, now you're ready to, to really take advantage of the upswing, right? That's right. I have to ask you, how does food in the metaverse operate? Well, it's creating experiences. You know, they've created recipes online. They brought in celebrity chefs to kind of create. Um, so the gamification comes in. Uh, more from uh, you know creating these recipes and they've got an entire NFT strategy where you can actually own a whole lot of digital assets uh, in the metaverse but there's a strong element of gaming uh, within uh, what they're building. Great and it seems like you have a, quite a diversified uh, portfolio with these 60 different projects. What is the the one aligning key feature that you look for uh, when you're supporting these uh, projects? So we definitely look for strong teams. If they're serial entrepreneurs, uh, we do favor them. Uh, if they have a working product, um, it's, it again gets us really excited, especially during this time frame. Uh, but what's key is the team that they have brought together. If they have experience built and you know having launch games, I think it's going to be very very crucial. Uh, and then the rest of it is things that we can actually come in and provide um, of, as value add uh, to the projects. Any big red flags that you say, don't do this, we will never pick up a company that tries to do yeah, this? Yeah, I think you know, there are a lot of projects that are very short term. You know, they create a lot of uh, pumponomics, as we call it. They create a lot of artificial hype. Uh, they use a lot of bots to actually give you artificial numbers. And these are major red flags because sometimes to solve the, the bad that these bots and fake traffic does cost us a lot of time and money and it's not something that we want to embark on. We rather go with organic uh, communities but engage communities that really believe in what uh, these projects are building and that we build with them uh, for the long term. Amazing. And so you and I were talking a little bit before we started recording about sustainability and impact. And, you know, it is something that we're seeing more and more of being a key theme in technology in general. But also in the Web3 space, since it is quite a new space, we realize we're in a unique opportunity to start from scratch with a sustainable, you know, impactful solution. Tell us about Engine Starter's uh, contribution to sustainability. Sure. Uh, so it has been, you know, close to a year that we've been uh, embarking on this journey. Um, we, you know, had to do a lot of soul searching uh, during the tough times. And we, we kind of looked at what our strengths are, what the strengths of the Web3 community is. And one key thing is the Web3 community has an ability of bringing people together, being, you know, getting people to be aligned on a single vision and we can use JPEGs uh, to raise a whole lot of money. Uh, why not use that same uh, skill and, and that talent to actually now raise money for real world um, applications, right? And we definitely felt that Web3 needed um, a real world utility. Uh, and that's where we felt that impact and sustainability is one key area uh, that we needed to focus on. Uh, and then we started going out to the market. We started speaking to nonprofits, we started speaking to even small governments, and we found that a lot of these people are doing great work, but no one's actually hearing about the work that they're doing and they're struggling to actually um, amplify 
the work that they're doing in the field, right? So this is where we felt that we could plug in uh, with our ecosystem, we can plug in with our knowledge of what Web3 can provide, and we can solve some of these real-world problems from a crowdfunding perspective or from a community uh, growth perspective, and that's what we have been building for. Uh, you know, there's so many problems out there that we believe that Web3 can solve, and we're also living in tough times where we're going from global warming to global boiling, which, mm. you know, every month is a record. Uh, you know, July was the hottest month uh, in Ever. history, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so definitely, I think there's something that all of us can play. Uh, and we've been doing that progressively. Uh, we've been supporting ocean conservation. We've been looking at carbon credits. Uh, and very soon, we'll be launching um, something new uh, where we leveraging our VARA license to actually launch a launchpad that will be purely focused on climate financing. This is where we're uh, looking for projects that we're supporting that are solving some of these problems. We are helping them from a crowdfunding and community building perspective. That's great. And I was going to ask you as well, is Engine Starter tackling the sustainability as an entity itself? Are you investing into sustainable projects specifically where those are really exciting? Or are you trying to inject the more sustainable, greener solutions into your current project? Sure. So we started our journey being uh, ecosystem builders, right? So that's how we see ourselves as a company. Uh, this involves us doing events. This involves us doing a whole lot of partnerships. But the approach that we are taking now is that we see ourselves as value chain uh, participants, right? So we look at a certain value chain. We look at opportunities from downstream all the way up to upstream. And then we find ways to actually build for it. And but instead of trying to build the entire universe, ourselves, what we have done is we are working with different partners that are solving within that value chain and then we bring them together as a collective and then we deliver that uh, as a solution uh, to the market, right? So I'll give you one good example. We uh, see a big value in carbon credits and carbon credits coming into the blockchain. But in order for a project developer to get into the space, you need a third-party verification company. You did a digital uh, measurement and reporting uh, platform. You need a whole range of other partners. And a lot of people get lost in that process, right? What we have done now is we have identified and qualified a list of these partners that we're working with. When we approach a partner, we tell them this is the one uh, stack solution, but it's not just us, it's a collective that we're delivering. And then we focus on helping these companies raise capital. And that's how we're launching the Launchpad here uh, at the later part of this year. That's great. And that's one thing that really excites me about the Web3 and blockchain spaces. You really do see a very collaborative spirit. It's not as cutthroat just yet. There's plenty of space for everybody. And you see a lot of the conversations that we have there's always some sort of idea of collaboration with partnership with we do this and now we teamed up with these people that do that and now we have a solution that you know is actually doing something really useful um, either in an industry or sector or in your case you know for the environment so how do you see uh, like web3 and, and uh, metaverse specifically contributing to a, a more greener sustainable society sure so I guess firstly, it's kind of leveraging the technology uh, from a crowdfunding perspective. Uh, secondly, I think there's a whole lot of um, experiences that we now can create uh, on the metaverse, which connects to the real world, right? So we're working with partners uh, who are actually planting mangrove trees in rail um, in the UAE as a lead up to COP28. And now we're creating a metaverse experience for them. 
so the good work that they're doing out in the field in Jabal Ali uh, Wildlife Sanctuary can now be replicated on the metaverse and that good work now you know, goes uh, all around the world, right? So that's really where we, we feel Web3 is going to come in to kind of build uh, new experiences uh, and new ways to actually take uh, good work and amplify that globally. Uh, and that's primarily where we are building on. Great. And one of the things we were talking about, obviously, with partnerships, with collaboration, with approvals from regulatory authorities, government authorities, and we've seen internationally ebbs and flows with government support, government taking away support. This country is very pro, uh, you know, virtual assets. Now they're not very pro virtual assets. Sure. What do you think are some of the regulatory considerations that are involved when it comes to um, Web3 financing, blockchain financing? Sure. So I guess, you know, at the end of the day, uh, we need to bring trust into the ecosystem, right? If there's trust, uh, more investors will participate within the ecosystem. Um, we believe that a lot more uh, family offices, high net worth individuals uh, want to participate in this digital asset uh, space. Uh, but our longer term target is actually getting in more corporates uh, to actually start participating in some of these early stage Climate tech startups that will actually be solving some of these real-world problems, but they need a regulatory structure. They need to feel uh, comfortable with the partners uh, that are providing that platform. Uh, and that's what we're building out, right? We're trying to build out an ecosystem, uh, not just from a fundraising perspective, but from a custody perspective, right up to, you know, how are these digital assets going to be um, off-rammed? Uh, and we actually need to build that end-to-end uh, from a regulated environment, and that's where we feel a lot more new people uh, will participate, right? So we're not really targeting the retail market uh, in what we're trying to build, but the B2B market is going to be a, a lot bigger and it's going to be uh, a lot more uh, exciting if we can actually unlock. Uh, and that's where we need regulatory support to actually, you know, give that stamp of trust uh, so that larger corporates actually come in and participate. Absolutely. And I think that the word regulatory is not as exciting of a word. Nobody enjoys being regulated. But I think that the, the blockchain and Web3 space, the, the ones that are actually in the industry, they really get excited about regulatory frameworks and actual guidelines on how to stay safe, how to be transparent, because it, it really weeds out the ones that we don't really want anyway. And, and as we become, I guess, more boring and it's less sexy than buying a coin and it 100xing you know, within the next six months, as things slow down a little bit and become a lot more organized, then we start to see the real benefits in our day-to-day -day lives, you know, whenever governments start implementing blockchain, um, whenever big businesses that we use on a daily basis, all of a sudden now we realize, hey, we're a lot safer now, we're a lot more transparent, we can do a lot more things because of this new technology, and I feel safe doing it. I think it's actually a really great thing that we're slowing down and looking at real use cases as opposed to buy this NFT, That's now right. you're a billionaire. That's right. Yeah, so the speculative, I mean, the industry needs to grow up. It started out with a lot of speculators. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're just buying a lottery ticket, right? Um, you know, in some cases, you win a lot. In some cases, you win nothing, right? It's arbitrary. Uh, but this is where, you know, we need to focus on building sustainability within the ecosystem, right? And this is where regulations need to come in. You know, we don't need to regulate ourselves. But if we actually choose to walk this path, which is tough, 
There's a lot of work, but this is where we can grow up uh, as an industry. Uh, and this is where we actually bring in more people to actually participate and grow. Uh, and in order for us to do that, we need to walk this path, uh, which is where we are today. Great. And of course, you know, Engine started as a bronze sponsor of Future Blockchain Summit. And we're very excited to be partnering with you this year. And some of the conversation we're having sounds a little bit about like the panel discussions that you're going to be having on stage at the summit as well. Can you tell me a little bit about the, the conversations you plan on having at the summit? Sure. So to be very honest, you know, I'm very new in the Dubai uh, space. Um, it's only been about a year and a half since I've been traveling. Uh, but I've been coming here, you know, every two weeks. Uh, when I first came to Jitex last year, it was an overwhelming experience. Um, you know, I attend events all around the world, but I've never experienced anything, uh, the scale of what Jitex uh, offered. Um, and honestly, I got lost, right? Um, multiple times trying to move from one uh, hall to another. Uh, but honestly, what I experienced um, was where I was convinced that, you know, Dubai is the place that we need to put our foot and roots here. Uh, and one thing that really stood out for me in Jitex last year, firstly, was the flying uh, car. Uh, and not only was it being showcased, but they actually demoed how the car was going to be uh, flying. And then again, you know, I thought it was going to be uh, something very, very far down the road. And then they started saying that, you know, there's soon going to be uh, flights between Dubai and Abu Dhabi, and it's going to cut down the travel uh, time. So that's where I started to believe that Dubai is a place where dreams actually come true and if you have a, a, a belief in a dream, it's a good place to kind of come in and build and, you know, kind of grow with the ecosystem. Uh, and that's when we started accelerating, um, you know, our, our VARA application. That's where we convinced our board uh, that Dubai is the place that, uh, you know, needs to be uh, set up. Uh, so we're very honored to be bronze sponsors um, this year. Um, you know, last year I spoke on a panel. You know, this year we're coming in uh, in a bigger way. Uh, and we're very excited to actually use Jitex and Future Blockchain Summit uh, to actually launch AYA, which is going to be our impact launchpad, uh, which is regulated. Um, it's for global projects that are looking uh, to raise capital, uh, but it's only for accredited investors. And this is where we can bring a whole new level of uh, trust. Uh, so we're very excited um, about Jitex. You know, the energy that I experienced uh, last year was amazing. You know, smart people from all around the world uh, coming in. Um, you know, the conversations that we had, then the connections that we made uh, at Jitex has been the way that we have built the business to date. Uh, and we're very excited, you know, to return in a year to have actual tangible products that we're launching with regulations in place, with right partnerships in place, with a very localized brand and a localized strategy. So we're really excited about uh, October and that's primarily why I'm here in Dubai now. Great. And you mentioned you know, getting lost in Jitex last year. I mean, it is the world's largest tech event, so you can imagine the crowds that come along with it. Um, so that's why we're excited this year to be expanding to um, Dubai Harbor, you know, right. alongside yeah. Expand North Star, which is the largest startup and investor summit as well. Um, completely new location on the other side of Dubai. Uh, so at least if you get lost this year, you'll be in a little bit more of a concentrated area where it's going to be a lot more exciting of startups and sure. blockchain and fintech and the, the real cool things and not have to get lost in, you know, the government halls that, uh, you know, maybe not as relevant to you. Exactly. Um, so, so whenever we visit you at Dubai Harbor, October 15th through October 18th, 
What can we expect to see showcased at the engine starter stand? Is there sure. um, projects? That it, what yeah, so this way we're going to be um, launching AYA. I mean, you know, it's still dependent on us getting the full license, but this is where we're doing a teaser campaign. Uh, we're going to be doing something very interesting, um, you know, at our booth. For anyone who actually signs up uh, on our platform, we're actually going to be planting a mangrove tree uh, on their behalf. And they're actually going to get a digital certificate on the blockchain that actually shows them that they actually own uh, that particular tree and they can connect uh, with the tree in real time, uh, online. Uh, and this is where we want to show you know, that we're not here just to talk about sustainability. We're going to walk the walk. Uh, and everything that we're doing from making sure the platform is sustainable to the initiatives that we're supporting are going to be sustainable. Uh, I had the opportunity of going to Jabal Ali a couple of months ago to actually plant a mangrove tree. Uh, and it's, you know, it's a very, very special um, experience. Um, you know, if we get enough support from the community, we may even organize a small gathering and bring people who have signed up with us to Jabal Ali to plant it together. I think it's a magical experience when you plant uh, a tree and that's one way that we're going to be creating an interesting engagement uh, at our booth. Uh, but the primary purpose of our booth uh, would be to launch AYA. Uh, but we're not doing this ourselves. We're bringing in our local partners, Maiko, um, whom we are working with uh, a lot with our sustainability initiatives, your web tree, uh, streaming platform from Dubai. Uh, so we're going to be doing a lot of work uh, with them, uh, as well as we're going to be bringing in as many portfolio companies as we can to actually attend uh, that week. Uh, we'll be doing a whole lot of engagement uh, that week. Um, and that's primarily what you can expect uh, from us at Future Blockchain Summit. Great. I love that idea of uh, planting a tree. So anybody that hasn't quite gotten their NFT yet, this is the first time they can get an NFT and actually help save the environment at the same time. So there you go. Right. Why not? You know, right. Let's do it. So we're excited to see you at uh, Dubai Harbor, October 15th through 18th. We're excited to have you as a bronze sponsor partnering with Future Blockchain Summit. And we're looking forward to your panel discussions as well. Awesome. Thank Great. you so much for having me. Thank looking you. forward to exciting uh, Future Blockchain Summit. Great.